Hello, everybody. We welcome everybody for our interims report quarter two 2019 out here of our headquarter in Welby, Copenhagen. At first to the key highlights, we had a strong revenue and profitability growth. We had a similar level of order intake. We had positive free cash flow despite a networking capital impact. And the acquisition of IMP was completed in the quarter. Market outlook, still positive sentiment in mining and cement market unchanged. The guidance is maintained. But we see today a higher likelihood that the revenue will be at the higher end of the guided range and the EBITDA at the lower end of the guided range. There will be no implications for the return on capital employed. Before we go into the financial and market details, we are always um, yeah, encouraged to show that what we can contribute in the sustainability agenda in the world. As you know, we focus on three areas, the climate actions, the clean water and sanitation, as well as responsible production and consumption. That is these three areas we can add the most and having a significant positive impact. If we look into the safety, we had a safety TRI of R of 1.6, which is well below the target for 19 of 2.7. It is more or less on the same level as in quarter one with 1.5, despite a very high activity level, what we saw uh, in the market and in the businesses where we are. On a very positive note, our relative carbon footprint declined from 3.2 to 2.5 tons in million DKK revenue. This is a very positive development. Now to our completed acquisition with the new colleagues from IMP. It is automated, digitalized laboratory equipment and services for the mining industry. It enables us, the same as we have it today already as market leading in cement, to read and to get data, digital data, out of the deposit where we operate and where we have the processing in. This is very important to get that as early as possible into our digital system to optimize and to improve productivity for our customers. It's a very strong global customer base, especially in Australia and South Africa. And our existing F.L. Schmidt organization will contribute a lot to open a lot of untapped markets for that business. We welcome a little bit more than 130 new colleagues, and we expect that the annual revenue is in the excess of 150 million DKK. But there is a 50% share in an asset, uh, associate, which will be accounted for below EBIT and above the EBT. The other part, what we are actually always proud of, is the innovation what we bring. And this time it is clearly a sustainable innovation today for cement. It's a new design for a new low NOx calciner. And this new design, this new technology can reduce the NOx in a calciner up to 60%. This is a real breakthrough in handling emissions related with NOx. This new technology is patent uh, pending, and we have already some field tests for quite a while, and we actually develop on it for more than five years to get that new technology done and into the field, which will then, with commercial launch, happen in the second half of the year.
important to know here is that our customers uh, use ammonia and urea to inject to get NOx under control. With our technology, we can reduce that dramatically or completely ban it, which is not only from a sustainability point of view, from an environmental point of view positive, it adds a significant productivity improvement and with that a better earning for our clients. Important to say is this is not only for new calciners. We can upgrade existing ones to in the direction of that new design too. Out of that into the market, let me start with cement on the right side. As it was before, selected opportunities and significant regional differences. There is no change for that. And quite a few tenders for large orders and intensive pricing competition stands on the same level as it was before. But what we see with the good level of mid-sized order opportunities, what we see is actually quite a change in the market for increased push for sustainable production. And sustainable production, as I showed you, the low NOx calciner design or alternative fuels or more digitalization to optimize the process and to reduce emissions and at the same time to increase output. That push is quite significant. And that push comes indirect from regulators and societies and with that direct from our customers. And that is for us as F.L. Schmidt very positive because we are well established in that area. If we then look into mining, the demand for equipment, the demand for projects remains at a good level. It is in more or less all commodities, but especially in copper and not only out of the development of the gold price in the last few weeks, in gold too. But it's all over the commodities what we see. We have an increased feasibility activity for both brownfield and future greenfield. There is a very high interest in new technologies. That is a change over the last few years what we clearly see. This change for new technologies open up opportunities for suppliers like us coming in with sustainable digital new products and creating with that a market within the mining market. For both industries, the OPEX spend is stable and looks good. And customers, whatever we do in cement as well as in mining, look that we improve with, with ever what we do, the productivity. If we then further look in, especially into the mining market, you all saw that we have a, a bigger consolidation in the direct peer group uh, where we act in. That, of course, is on one side a proof of our business model where we for quite a while um, actually enforce the understanding and the view to offer productivity improvement, you have to be in processing, you have to be in all the core products, and you have to be in all kinds of services. The combination brings us the competence to offer the best productivity improvement. We established that over several years. We are done with that. We are well established in that. It is good to see that we have in the market similar thinking on our peer group. That a reduced peer group is in general positive for the supplier industry is clear too. 
Then let us go into the financial figures. The order intake, roughly on the same level than last year, we have volatility in the capital orders. That's clear. We have volatility in cement and we have volatility in mining. Where we don't have so much volatility in it is, of course, in service. And we can see that we had in service in mining, again, a high level because last quarter or quarter two in 2018 was a high level for service order intake in mining. And we see in cement actually quite an increase in service order intake. That comes out from the change how we approach the customers. We announced the reorganization, a restructuring to have our aftermarket more through local organizations, through regions out of our two industries in the middle of last year. And we see the real first payoffs coming in. If it comes to the capital business, there we see that um, cement was growing slightly and mining was dropping. But in mining, as, we as well as in cement, there is volatility in the capital business. And we are quite positive for both for the service as well as for the capital business of growth in the second half of the quarter more than we had in the first half of the quarter. If I look to the right side, you see in general the split between service and capital order. Service came out after several quarters being a little bit below that, what we had at the beginning of 2018, higher again. And we had a fantastic run on revenue. When we look into that, we would like to give here one statement regarding our cement business. Yes, the cement market is stable and with a lot of pricing pressure, but we have a very strong position in cement. And we are actually, since several years now, can say that we actually see our cement market, the F.L. Schmidt cement market, ahead slightly more positive. Out of that, I look into the revenue. This is uh, an ordered intake. This is the breakout um, slide, what we showed the last time. On the left side, you see with the red line, the revenue curve, and with the white one, the order intake. And on the very far right, the guidance range. We showed that the last quarter, the first time, where we were at the bottom of the revenue guidance with the run rate, now we are going really into the mid. And that gives us, of course, a lot of good confidence regarding the revenue guidance. On the right side, we have order intake versus revenue. And there you see, and divided by industries, and there you see, let me start with cement, that we are quite flattish if it comes to the cement revenue over the last few quarters and with a healthy order intake above. If we then look into mining, we see order intake quite in a healthy zone and now step by step getting our revenue out of the backlog into the figures, which is good. Then to the revenue split in Q2 2019 on the next slide. If you look left, there you see mining delivered 59% of our business with a 10.4% EBITDA. And cement delivered logically a 41% of the business with a 6.3% EBITDA. It is always important to mention that, especially in cement, our return on capital employed is on a very good level. It's above 20%. On the right side, you see the split between capital and service. And there, despite the profit improvement versus last year, our service share dropped a little bit to 51% uh, versus 
the 55% what we had in 2018. So out of that, I would like to give to Lars, our CFO, for the financial performance. Thank you, Thomas. And uh, <clears throat> in my presentation, I'll go a little bit uh, through uh, how we successfully started to convert uh, our higher backlog into order intake and how that increased activity level impacts uh, our ratios uh, throughout the business. Uh, in general, I would say um, we're very pleased with the strong improvement we had in, in revenue. Uh, and when you see our cost level, you can see our SGNA cost is stable and that reduces uh, the SGNA percentage of our business. So we see good operating leverage in the second quarter. Uh, I'll touch a little bit more uh, about that as we go through the presentation and how that impacts our EBITDA margin where we are up uh, 28%. Uh, we'll also touch a little bit about uh, the cash flow and, uh, and what happens in the remainder of the year. So uh, if you look at the revenue, um, you can see that we had a very strong improvement in mining capital where we are up 44%. Uh, so that is a very good development we see in this, uh, in this page. And this is where we've had strong uh, order intake in, in previous years. And now it, uh, it really starts to pay off in terms of higher revenue. Um, and <clears throat> in cement, we had a good development both in, uh, in service and in, uh, in uh, the capital part. Uh, in the capital part, we'll talk a little bit about the mix we have in there uh, as uh, the margins uh, we are executing right now are lower than what we've had in, in previous years. Uh, for the whole group, we had a good step up in, uh, in revenue in, uh, in the second quarter, uh, and uh, when you look uh, at the graph, you can see that uh, it is in line with, with the tops we've seen in, uh, in previous quarters. So we are at a good level when it comes to revenue and uh, are picking up on the order intake that have been running ahead of, uh, of revenue for, for quite a while. Gross profit. We had the highest level of gross profit for many quarters, uh, so that's very positive. Um, as I mentioned on, on the previous page, that comes primarily from a higher activity level in uh, in mining capital as well as in uh, in cement, uh, and that drives down the the group gross margin from 25 to 24 percent. If we look into the two segments uh, in mining, we are down uh, half a percent. Uh, this can, to a large extent, be explained by the mix we have in there, where um, the high growth in capital uh, and less growth in service, uh, of course, have a uh, uh, an impact on the margin that goes down in the quarter. If you look into cement, uh, here we do not see the same mix impact, uh, but as we've communicated for quite a while, we are executing a backlog of cement projects that has uh, lower margins. Um, so this is very much uh, the effect of that we see in, uh, in this quarter. As we look out in the, the remainder of the year, uh, we will start to execute uh, some of the, the cement projects that has uh, a stronger margin than what we've seen in the P&L in the last couple of quarters. SGNA costs um, flat compared to last year, uh, and uh, when we look out through the remainder of the year, we expect to keep the level we've had in the first half. Uh, so an average of uh, quarter one and quarter two is what we see for uh, for the coming quarters. Um, so this is, of course, very positive as we have uh, substantially more revenue that is uh, supported by the same SGNA cost. So this is really where you see the operating operating leverage come through. Um, and, uh, and this is a very important part of uh, how we reach, uh, what you can say, the guidance we have uh, and get uh, to higher margins in the second half compared to the first half. 
uh, a good high level in uh, in absolute EBITDA, uh, up 28% compared to last year, uh, and a strong improvement on, on the first quarter. On the bridge, uh, you can see that this is very much driven by the increase we have in revenue, uh, and of course the mix uh, has uh, a negative impact on the gross margin, and that uh, drives it down. But overall, a good uh, step off of 106 million compared to the same period last year. Networking capital increased uh, in the second quarter. Uh, part of the increase is the acquisition of, uh, of IMP uh, that brought in uh, some working capital. Uh, but we do uh, and have seen for the last uh, number of years see an increase in other uh, liabilities in, uh, in the second quarter. Uh, so this is very much related to employee uh, uh, obligations uh, that has uh, some specific movements in the second quarter. And here you can see that that is a, a fairly substantial number under the other uh, liabilities number. Uh, what we also saw was a very strong uh, pickup in uh, in activity towards the end of the quarter, and therefore our VIP assets as well as our trade payables were uh, uh, coming up quite a lot in the second quarter. Uh, as we look out through the remainder of the year, we, uh, we do see that there is uh, strong opportunities to improve our working capital, and our target uh, remains to get close to the 10% uh, at the end of the year. Um, if we look into discontinued uh, activities, uh, not a lot to report in the second quarter. Um, we had uh, a, a smaller cash outflow, uh, and our target uh, remains the same on, in terms of uh, total cash outflow on, on executing the remainder of the projects we have from, from discontinued operations. Cash flow, we had uh, a strong improvement on last year on, uh, on the CFFO line, uh, driven by... Um, higher EBITDA, and uh, a, a smaller increase in working capital than in the comparison period last year. Um, as we go into the remainder of the year, we see that the, the change in the networking capital should uh, start to become positive and therefore improve our cash flow in the remainder of the year. If we look at the uh, investments, you can see we had a, a very strong, a very high number in acquisitions, 293 million we paid out in the second quarter. Our investment level was at 80, uh, and we expect to end the full year of around uh, uh, 400 million in terms of total uh, CFFI if we exclude the uh, acquisitions and disposals. The free cash flow was uh, 63 million if we exclude the M&A from the calculation. <clears throat> our all our capital structure ratios are within our uh, own targets, uh, so that's all good. We saw an increase in uh, the net debt in the second quarter as we paid out uh, dividends of $450 million and we acquired the uh, IMP for uh, around $300 million. So those two increased uh, our net debt in the second quarter, and we do see that uh, that will come down uh, in the remainder of the year. Return on capital employed, uh, an increase uh, of 0.7% compared to the same period last year. Um, we do see an improvement in the remainder of the year uh, as the absolute profitability will be uh, uh, substantially higher than last year. Um, you see that the revenue is uh, expected to be higher than the guided range where the, uh, the percentage margin will be lower, but the absolute number um, is more or less at the same level, uh, and that, of course, drives a higher return on capital employed. So the drivers for the higher profitability at the second half is the higher uh, revenue and the associated uh, 
increase in, uh, in operating leverage, as well as we are starting to execute a stronger backlog of projects in the cement part of our business. Back to you, Thomas. Thanks a lot, Lars. So, guidance maintained. As you see, realized we were close to 10 billion in the first half of the year. We said uh, already in the keynotes and in all announcements that we see a likelihood that we will end at the higher end of the guided range, a high likelihood for that. And we see a high likelihood that we end with in the lower EBITDA uh, margin range um, within our guidance, with no implications on return on capital employed. Um, where does it come from? And to make it in simple words, actually we see uh, in the year 2019 a higher run rate, good run rate, um, in the capital business versus a good run rate in the service business. And that product mix, of course, explains then the, the movements within uh, the guided ranges, what we have. So when we see the uh, EBITDA margin of 8.1, which is similar to that what we had uh, last year, but with a significant difference in quarter one, quarter two uh, movement, and then going forward, um, yeah, uh, the business will deliver that what we guided for and what we saw and what we forecasted. If we then look into the management agenda, on the left side, uh, our yeah, well-known customer cash and cost area the, the free C's. Um, our return on capital employed is up. Order intake is slightly down. EBITDA is up. Um, especially EBITDA in absolute numbers is quite significant up. And networking capital is up as a seasonality behavior. But our two um, more internal quality related KPIs with TRIFR as well as the DIFOD are in the same, in, in a good direction. The focus for us for the second half of the year is to keep and to maintain that high activity level what we have together with our customers. That was very encouraging and a very good work of our organization throughout the world, I have to say that. And, of course, with that to reduce our networking capital and to drive more in the aftermarket, where our new structure um, not only opens up of what we call the white spots, areas where we didn't sell our products before, in the same range as in the areas where we are well established, it is actually a new focus in the whole structure on the service business and to cover and to help customers more to improve their productivity. Our long-term issue to be to all customers, close to all customers, is and potential customers is very much uh, on the agenda. We have a good position in innovation in both industries. We have a good position in digitalization in both industries. We have a good position in sustainability in both industries, and we will enforce that. But we will not give up on standardization and modularization because it contributes quite a lot on our bottom line. On top of that, what we normally announce, um, we invite for a capital market day on the 6th of November, starting at 11 o'clock, not so far away here from our headquarter, only a few hundred meters. And there are some informations, of course, available on uh, the media. The theme is driving sustainable productivity improvement. And we know that we will uh, offer you quite interesting themes and insights into that, how we do the business and how we see the future. Out of that, to summarize, the quarter two had a strong improvement in revenue and profitability. We have a positive sentiment in mining. We have a stable cement market with the slight change that we as F.L. Schmidt see cement slightly more positive than we had it the last few years.
we had a positive free cash flow despite the networking capital impact and the acquisition of IMP is completed. And of course, the guidance is maintained. So with that, we are through our presentation and wait for questions. And ladies and gentlemen, if you do wish to ask a question, please press zero one on your telephone keypad now. First question is from Christian Johansson from Danske Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yes, thank you. So first of all, I just want a, uh, a clarification to, to the comment you made earlier, Thomas. You said that you are more positive on orders for the second half of the quarter versus the first. Was, was that correct? And, and what do you mean by that? Yes, that is uh, correct. We have normal pattern of our company when we are in a more stabilized market environment. Um, actually, the second half of the year shows uh, more activity than the first half of the year. Last year was a little bit different, but that came out that actually 17 was the trough for the industries where we, in mining especially, where we act in. So normally the second half of the year has on more or less all areas a higher activity level. So, so you mean second half of the year, because you said second half of the quarter. That's probably why. Oh, sorry, second half of the year, of course. All right, great. Then, then I fully understand. Uh, then uh, my, my other question is regarding this cancellation of the Egyptian uh, cement order. Uh, can you elaborate why it was cancelled and also what impact on the P&L and networking capital has the cancellation had? Um, I take that why it was cancelled. We can't give information because that's a direct end customer uh, information what we don't share. That's not uh, possible. Yeah, <clears throat> and... Uh... When we have uh, cancelled contracts, it normally has a, a, a very small impact as we are protected through our contracts. So you did not see any impact from uh, the cancellation in the second quarter. And on both networking capital and P&L? Yes. All right, very clear. Uh, and, and then my my last question is uh, is a bit on the leverage. I mean, you, you, you do mention business uh, product mix as a reason for, for lowering the margin um, in, in the guidance range. But I'm just trying to understand that now that, that revenue is going to be in the upper half, I would expect the positive margin effect as well from the leverage. Is, is that there and then it's just being fully diluted by, uh, by product mix? Is that the way to, to understand it? So when, we, when we talk about the operating leverage, <coughs> this is very much about the that we have more revenue and this uh, a stable SGNA cost rate uh, cost base, um, and then we see that the mix in uh, in our revenue for the full year uh, has a tendency to more uh, more revenue and less uh, less service than uh, than was in uh, built into the guided range. So, yes. so more capital and less service. Yes, exactly. The, okay. We have, a, we have, as I tried to say, we have a good <coughs> run in service, and that will not end, that will not stop. But we have a higher than anticipated run on capital business. And the capital business is of lower margin versus the service business. And, of course, we have a leverage effect, which is positive. But um, with the run, what we see, that uh, creates, when, when we look into it, uh, the view that there is a likelihood that we end up at the lower range of the the EBITDA, high likelihood for that. Great. Very clear. Thank you very much. Next question is from Magnus Gruber from UBS. Please go ahead. Your line is open. 
Hi, Thomas Lars Magnus here with UBS. A couple from me as well, and I wanted to actually continue on, on, on the same uh, line of inquiry there. Uh, in terms of the capital business, how would you say that sort of the mix there is between pure equipment sales and projects? And is it fair to say that the margins in the mining project business remain on largely the similar level as we saw between 2012 and 17? Yeah, at first, um, the mix is actually we, we uh, have in the uh, in the material, what we give out, there is uh, information about projects and products in, and there you see the capital uh, split. What I have to say is um, when we talk about projects, um, then we actually talk about a little bit bigger, more complex, with uh, more engineering process knowledge in it. Normally, all our products, or most of our product sale, has some engineering and processing in it, which is good because there you can really play the competitive card. Um, if it comes to the profitability, um, we had, uh, as you remember, years back when the recession really got uh, negative speed, there was 14 roughly, 14, 15, there we saw an increased pricing pressure because not a lot was available. But we are out of that phase. It's not so that now big price increases are, are there, but it is stable and uh, the level is, as you see it in the EBITDA uh, margin development of the mining uh, of our mining business is actually on a reasonable, okay level. Um, what can Im or what will that uh, what will impact that in the longer run? It will be impacted by the amount of competitors where we see a consolidation and uh, a change, and it will be of course impacted about all the things what you have in the global economy and the amount of orders available or not available. So that's a little bit difficult to predict. Out of that, we work, as I said, very much on standardization, modularization, and other things to improve the bottom line out of own activities. And Lars uh, showed it very, very uh, good and very detailed. Our SGNA level is more or less the same than last year with a significant increase of revenue. And I gave a positive comment on my organization for that. And uh, that shows really the leverage com competence and potential what we have in the company. Okay, but, but is it fair to say that the sort of the margin of what was previously mining project is that positive now, as you see it? The, I didn't understand the question. From can you repeat? Yeah, sorry. In terms of how you reported mining before before Q three eighteen, would you say that the margins on on that business is is positive now? The margin on that business the is the margin on that business is positive. Yeah. Okay. Great. Perfect. And then also on the back of the very solid uh, cement margins in Q2, I wanted to understand a little bit the dynamics we face when going into into the second half. You obviously talked about already the uh, the mix improving in in the in the projects, right? Executing better better margin project. But uh, how do you see the service develop? Should we see sort of a normal type of of, uh, of seasonality there with strength into into year end? Yeah, the, uh, uh, yes, there is seasonality in it as it is with all our uh, business in the year. Um, we, we have that when you, when we are in a normalized market environment, we have a lower quarter one, we have a stronger quarter two, a little bit lower versus quarter two, quarter three, and a very, very strong quarter four. That seasonality we have. Uh, and I have to say, I have it since I'm in that industry, which is for a very, very long time. Um, Yes, uh, Lars alluded on it that we have a better uh, margin projects what we will execute. We should not forget we did last year with the low profitability uh, what we had in the mid of the year and what we saw coming. 
Um, we, did, we took corrective actions to take the cost out, and that is, uh, you see that in the result too, which is positive. And on top of it, um, if it comes to service growth, we are of course very positive that we see quite a growth in service. Um, because we had years back uh, a big part of our service in cement was the O&M and we de-risked that and lowered that so our service level in cement was going uh, quite down simply to de-risk and that was very positive for the bottom line too and going uh, forward we see their growth. Perfect, thank you. And yes, the final one, you also comment on on the market outlook in mining in terms of increased uh, feasibility activity. Uh, did you see a step up there between Q2 and Q1? Um, no, <laughs> actually not between the last Q1. The, the, what we track is actually more year on year. And uh, we had already last year, at the beginning of last year, a significant increased activity. And we have this year a significant increased activity versus last year. So it's actually going in the right direction. And um, I said that in uh, several webcasts that uh, to get from an engineering um, work, what we do quite a lot, into then a capital order uh, takes quite a, uh, quite a while based on the fact there are all the regulatory issues in it. On top of it now with uh, environmental impact and social impact and so on. So we have quite a good visibility what we have ahead of us. The, where we where we have not that good visibility is when it hits us. Um, if I take the the order what we announced yesterday, uh, then we had an order from Australia in the second quarter. When we look to the bigger orders uh, over the announceable level and importance level, what we do, we had one in quarter one 2018, and then then the next one was uh, quarter two 2019, and now. Uh, directly at the beginning or more or less, now actually more or less the mid already, in quarter three with a big one too. So that's all positive when we see that. Um, so from uh, the only thing where we have a little bit an issue is when does it hit us? That it will hit us, we know. So that visibility we have. Okay. Do, do you still have a sense this, uh, following the Q2 that you can reach um, high single-digit growth in, in order intake for the full year? Underlying. You know, we don't guide on order intake. We don't guide on order intake. Um, and it would be not, uh, would be not fair to give a percentage figure here because if one drops in or not, change it dramatically. It changes it dramatically. So, um, from, from that point of view, that would be not really right to, to say, but we have uh, quite a positive view of the order intake behavior in the second half of the year versus the first half of the year. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Next question is from Klaus Elmer from Nordea. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. Yeah, also a few questions from my side. The first question is about the networking capital. Uh, in Q1, I think also in the full year uh, conference call, you mentioned that the, the percentage as revenue should come down during 2019. Do we still expect the around 10% by end of 19 to be reached? That will be the first question. <clears throat> yes, that is our expectation. Um, and, and as I mentioned when we went through it, uh, there are some seasonal element in it. And if you go back many years, you can see that we always have a, an increase in the second quarter on some uh, some other items. If you strip them out, we were actually at a, at a fairly stable level uh, year to date. 
So, um, so our plans and uh, what we see from the projects uh, we have and uh, and our plans, we should be getting uh, down towards the 10% towards the end. Okay, good. The second question is about these feasibility studies, and I totally understand that the, the exact timing on when these projects may turn to orders is very difficult uh, to predict. But Thomas, could you say something a bit about uh, should we hope that it will turn to orders uh, by the latter part of, of 19, or is more likely it is a 2020 uh, scenario? The uh, <laughs> You are a uh, uh, smart person to ask. The uh, I make it like that again, the, because we don't guide on order intake. The second half of the year will have a higher order, in, order intake than the first half of the year. The, what we see is um, quite a lot of feasibility studies in engineering work. What we do on these uh, projects and uh, brownfield, uh, greenfield, um, and it is very difficult to give uh, a clear comment about when it drops in and when not. When not. Why is that the case? because our customer doesn't know it too, because they have to go out and wait for regulatory um, allowances. And uh, very often when then residential areas and so on are putting a roadblock in, it's very difficult to say how long that takes. So out of that, we are quite positive on the second half of the year with the order intake development, how much it will be, and uh, is very, very tricky to say. Okay. Fair enough. And then just about the service uh, order intake, um, are you uh, surprised by, by, by the level of, of, of service orders or are you disappointed, uh, positively surprised so far this year and the pipeline you're looking into? Um, we are, uh, we were not, in, in general, we were not pleased with the start of the year, how the business started of the year. I, have, I think I can say that. So. Um, the second uh, quarter was there definitely better and was good. was a good quarter. It's okay. Done. Um, what we see with the new structure is, of course, um, a good business out of service in both industries, cement and mining. But a new structure, as you, we implemented it mid of last year, it takes a while until it really comes up, up and running. So that doesn't come with huge changes um, from the structure. Um, to make a long story short, we see a good outlook for, for service business, but it will be volatile. It will be not um, each quarter than a growth to the quarter before. There is seasonality in it too. We have normally in the first half of the year more with uh, service contracts where we, where we work with, and at the end of the year, it gets really more in fast spare part delivery packages. So there is seasonality in it too, but we are positive on service development. But well, I guess positive year over year. Uh, so when you look at second half 19 over second half 18, there will still be a positive uh, trend. Yes, that is what we expect. Good. Okay. Thank you so much. Next question is from Robert Davis from Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yes, uh, thanks for taking my question. I guess I was just looking for a little bit more color on the um, on the mining business. Um, I know you mentioned this um, sort of volatility quarter by quarter. I mean, we've seen a number of the mining equipment names actually post negative prints on the original equipment um, business this year with positive outlooks for the second half. I guess if you could just kind of give us a little color there because your mining orders on the OE side were obviously down. Is, it, is, is any of that down to... 
uh, kind of more nervousness amongst the customers of signing projects, uh, projects kind of taking longer to sign off just because of a more nervous macro backdrop, or, or are you sort of purely putting that down to the lumpy nature of the quarter, uh, lumpy nature of the orders in the quarter? Thanks. It, it, thank you for a good question. It's always a mixed bag in, in everything. We had very strong uh, uh, order behavior at the beginning of last year because we came out of a recession. There was um, sky was the limit in the in the industry. The global economy didn't have uh, that negative impact or tweets as we see it today, and that of course um, created quite a positive momentum for us at the in the first half of the year, which is in our industry actually not typical. There normally it's the second half of the year which delivers more. Um, the second part in it is, uh, of course, mining as well as cement is not resilient against global economy, but. These, when we look into the nature of uh, the projects and the investments, there is at one thing is um, to get uh, more capacity. The other thing is existing or future capacity more digital and more sustainable. So there are within what is done not only global economy related issues, there are technology, innovation, sustainability issues in it where customers want or have to invest to get further approval for, example, a mining license. If you don't do that investment, the whole mindset gets shut down and the cost for that is significant higher. Then the last thing what I would like to mention is, despite all the global economy talk and so on, the commodity price levels are not the greatest in what we saw in the last 20 years, but they are still on a good level. If I look, or if we look into copper and iron ore, uh, actually coal too, there are quite healthy levels. If miners are not earning money on these commodity price levels, then, then uh, I think they have a bigger problem than only the commodity price. And then you look into gold or silver there or nickel. You see a significant improvement of commodity prices in gold, for example. We um, bought in, we acquired a big part of the gap what we had in the gold flow sheet from AU or we took over AU Tech last quarter with quite a product range which established a fairly good offering into gold. Gold yesterday touched $1,500. It's not that long ago that people ask me, do you think the, the gold will drop below $1,000? And what is, the, what is the cost level what gold miners have at the moment? $850, $900 in average? So it's pure money printing what they have and there will come something too. I think we should, um, I understand there is a lot of nervousness from the global economy and mining as well as cement is not resilient against if a downturn really will, will happen in a, in a traumatic way. Absolutely. We said that when we announced the guidance, what the risk is. But at the same time, we have to look into what is demand and supply. What is the commodity price level? What is the production level? What is demanded on technology? And when you all put that together, we can't say that mining doesn't look good. In, I know you asked for mining, but I have to stress here a little bit cement too, because there's always so much negative talk about cement. Cement is a local business, and there we clearly see for us, after several years of keeping the same message, we see actually a slight positive development for that what we as F.L. Schmidt do in the uh, cement business. Uh, thank you. And then maybe one follow-up was just um, 
Uh, just to run, you, you, you obviously said there's been a bit of a, um, a shift, a notable shift recently towards the sort of productivity and digitalization. What, what's sort of causing that within the customer? And maybe more specifically, um, what areas are, are people doing it? Are they, are they reallocating spending from other parts of the budget that they would normally do? Are they putting incremental money into that on top of the other stuff? Um, I'd just, just be interested in where that money's going and where it's coming from. Yes, um, that is a very good question too, I have to say, the, because it's different customer by customer. Um, it's not that they go out and buy software. What they want to have is to uh, be more in control what will happen with that, what they have installed, to influence their return. That is actually the driver. You are not selling anything in innovation, digit, uh, digitalization, if you can't prove that they are able to regulate and to influence positively their future better. There are several models how, you, uh, how it's done. Some are buying immediately a big uh, digitalization base, putting it on all equipment. Others are coming step by step. And that has a cultural background, that has a commodity uh, mindset background. There's a lot of differences. We contribute in all areas. But fact is that this limitation, what we saw uh, a few years ago, that they don't want to share data, that seems to go away step by step. We have more allowance to, uh, to go into data. We have more allowance if we can clearly directly prove that it improves their productivity setup. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Next question is from Michael Peterson from SCB. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi, thank you for taking my questions. Uh, I have a question on the profitability within uh, mining. Uh, if you look in Q2, you have uh, less share of service, but you have a better margin year over year. Uh, is that due to the capital business or is it due to the service business? Uh, because you do mention that the capital deliveries are low margin. Uh, so you have better profitability year over year, but you do have a, a worse mix, so to say, uh, and you do have low margin capital delivery. So is it service that's very strong or what is causing this? Actually, um, what you are completely right. We had a 66% service share last year in the quarter. And uh, this year it's quite significantly down on in, in that share. Um, what you can say is that uh, we have definitely some improvement how we execute uh, our projects, which makes it, um, uh, of course, uh, yeah, faster, better. And with that, our profitability has a, a better reaction because you need less cost for it. It's shorter done. We have a good leverage on cost in general. We have a significant increase in revenue and not a lot in, if at all, an increase in the, in the cost. If it comes to the service profitability, there is, uh, when you have a, um, a higher share of, um, uh, what, what we call standard technical service versus spare parts, then the profitability is slightly lower. And if you have a higher spare part content, then the profitability is higher. But it's not really to that what the profitability is in the service part. It actually, it's more the capital business, which was on a, a better profitability. All right. Uh, then I have a second question uh, that's also related to the service, uh, service orders within uh, mining. Uh, if you look to all your competitors, they, those have been growing. Uh, the past two quarters, uh, and you have been in decline the past two quarters in service order intake. 
Uh, are you losing business to your peers, or what is uh, what is causing this? No, that's um, at first. I guess you refer not to absolute figures. Um, you refer more into the uh, relation of um, percentage growth to to the last year. And there I can say we had a very very strong start in 18. And we explained it in 18 where it came from. It was unusual strong based on having, as far as I remember, quite a lot of um, big service contracts in and some regarding first-time spares. There was a good sentiment in the package what we got in quarter one, quarter two, 18. That was unusual good. If I then look into um, the service order intake, what we have, we actually had the best quarter since uh quarter two last year. So our uh, service in mining is um, growing, not only to the quarter one, actually to the quarter three and quarter four from last year too. And that's the trend, what we like to see. And last thing on it, um, what we have a 1900 um, figure, what we have in service and order intake for the quarter is actually quite good. It's one of the highest ever achieved. Okay, thank you. Next question is from Klaus K from Liquidity Market. Please go ahead, your line is open. Um, yes, hello. Um, two questions from my side as well. Um, Thomas, you mentioned a couple of times that the outlook for cement is getting better, but you haven't really told us why, um, and could this ultimately uh, result in improved prices? That would be my first question. <laughs> yes. Ah. Uh. That we actually talked about if we do that, if we if we say it, but it's so so visible for us in the FL Schmidt Group. It's not a comment about the cement market, to make it clear. This is not the same for the cement market. This is a pure FL Schmidt thing. And when we look into and talk with customers where it comes from, that our outlook that we have actually good pipeline in front of us, um, it has to do that the combination how we run the business model to bring all the different resources together to help customers with the productivity helps a lot, as well as our enforced um, aftermarket push through the regional structure, as well as, and that is very important, our innovation on sustainability and digitalization. Um, this uh, low Kelsiner, NOx Kelsiner design, um, that will be a big, big thing again in the market. And that is, of course, outside the normal market development because you can refurbish and with that you create additional business which has actually nothing to do with the normal market development. This is where customers see that they would like to reduce the emissions to fulfill more future regulations to be actually ahead of that. So we were able to create in our cement business with our strong position um, in a little bit in effort Schmidt growth. Then to the pricing pressure, when you hear that, um, it is actually then not changing the pricing pressure. And we hear talks in the market that pricing will change uh, to the positive, but I will come or we will come out to the market to say it when we saw it, when it happened. As long as it is only talk, we can't, we can't prove it and we don't see it yet. That's the only thing what we can say. Okay, okay, thank you. And then, then my second question is about your uh, dry stack uh, tailing technology. Um, could you talk about customer interest uh, and um, yeah, what you're seeing about this product and ultimately when 
when would you expect to see the first order for this uh, uh, new technology? We have already some uh, in it, and that um, has to do with what we call tailings management. There is more feasibility studies in it, same as we have with um, uh, other process technology. The interest is very high, that is clear. And the interest is uh, that high that we can say it's actually globally. There are, if you have these tailing dams, not in every uh, commodity, in every country, you have wet tailings. Um, but there where you have it, the interest is high. Uh, you saw that the ICMM, the London-based uh, Miners Association, um, has an own group now working on it. There's a lot of activity all over. And believe me, we are uh, everywhere in and working with a lot of people and a lot of companies to improve uh, the tailings management, what they have. Um, I give one uh, actually public uh, uh, comment on it. A few weeks ago, we had um, close to 100 customers, 70 to 100 customers in Salt Lake City in our competence center where we showed um, the five by three meter uh, design for filtration, which is huge. It's uh, really big and will help the industry to handle wet tailings better than, better than ever before there was a huge interest to look into and to work with that. We are very confident to finalize it that the tailings management business, what we put under sustainable sustainability business, will have uh, a good future. Okay, but, but, but would it be reasonable to expect some, some meaningful orders in this area in the second half of the year, or are we still talking about 2020? The, when we are in the uh, feasibility studies, um, with that technology, some already drops in, in smaller areas, in smaller parts, and more to come. If it then really happens, then uh, at the end of the year, is a little bit difficult to predict. Okay. Excellent. Thank you very much. Next question is from Julia Kohendorfer from Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi, good morning. I think most of the questions have already been answered, but um, just in terms of networking capital, you talked about that you've seen a pickup at the end of the period. Can you just maybe comment a little bit in terms of activity in which segment you've seen a pickup and maybe general, more kind of a current trading of um, uh, the last month? Thank you. So uh, what happened to, uh, in, in, towards the end of the quarter was that we had, uh, what you can say, uh, after a slow uh, first quarter, uh, the activity level picked up uh, through quarter uh, quarter two, uh, and that meant that we had a, a big step up in uh, in project revenue and associated VIP assets towards the end of the quarter, um, and that also led to higher uh, accounts payables. So that was really what uh, what drove the uh, the development towards the end of uh, of the second quarter. Was that in specific? Was it either mining or cement, or both of them? Can you maybe? Uh, that was uh, both uh, both uh, both industries where we had uh, some larger projects that uh, um, where we saw good progress, but the invoicing milestones uh, as per the contract. Uh, was not in uh, in quarter two. That was in in the second half of the year. So uh, so that's why you see this increase in VIP assets um, in in quarter two. Okay, well understood. Thank you very much. Next question is from Andrew Wilson from J.P. Morgan. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Um, just a couple of quick ones, actually. 
Um, on the, the comments, Thomas, around the, the orders picking up in the second half, um, I'm not sure if I missed it or maybe you can just clarify. Is that an expectation that orders in cement or orders in min, uh, mining or orders in both businesses will be up in the second half? It's in both. Okay, that's very clear. Um, and maybe I could just ask you on the, the cement margin, um, obviously more encouraging development in the Q2. Can you just talk a little bit about kind of how much of that is coming through, um, I guess, internal actions? Because it sounded from what, what was said that there's still you're still sort of working through some lower margin projects. So it sounds like the actions that you've taken in kind of sort of reshaping and improving that cement business are actually coming through quite meaningfully in the margin. Is that a reasonable conclusion? I think there was a, there's two things that really drives, or three things that drives uh, the improvements we see in margin. <clears throat> the first thing is that we have, over the last couple of years, been standardizing quite a substantial part of the equipment packages that goes into our cement uh, projects. Uh, second is, of course, that we have uh, some impact from uh, from the program we launched in, in the third quarter last year. Um, and then we have been more selective in what kind of orders we get in. So there is also a, uh, what you can say, um, a deprioritization of the very low margins that have been in, in some cement orders that's been out of the market where we've walked away from them and therefore we've, uh, we've had a, a backlog with, with better margins on the cement projects that we have. That's perfect. Thanks, guys. Next question is from Tommy Raylo from DNB. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hello, this is Tommy from uh, DNB. Uh, really continuing on the same lines as uh, previous questions. Uh, still coming back to the second quarter uh, uh, order uh, order issue, whether it's uh, lumpiness, uh, hesitance, I understand, but uh, is there really some specific timing issues that uh, customers uh, showed a tendency that uh, they are not uh, ready to make, uh, make decisions, which could obviously continue into the th- third and fourth quarter? Yeah, we have um, since years, uh, since yeah, or minimum quite a while and several quarters, we say that the the way of working for a mining company to make investments um, from the idea, from the in, from the feasibility, engineering into ordering and finalizing that timeline increased a lot, and the reason for that is actually the change of regulation around mining. It's one part. The second part is the visibility of mining in social media. And the third part is, of course, um, the disasters, the, the, the accidents, what happened in Brazil, where, of course, mining industry sees that, that they need more um, yeah, studies and, and quality investigation, how things look and if they invest, what will happen. Because it has not only an impact on the company, it has a direct impact on the employees of the company too. If things are happening which are not allowed or where, which are questions in the way of doing. That all together lengthen the, the process and lengthen the time from an finalized engineering work, then going into capital order intake and then into capital revenue. But that is not because they are hesitant. It's simply because they are cautious versus that what I just explained. On the, the impact of the global economy in these, um, in these deals, if that would go on um, negative 
more negative and intensified in the future will definitely then come into the mining industry too. But a lot of that, what we discuss, what we work on with our mining customers is actually something which is decided earlier, which is in the plan, in the five to ten years plan, and or is absolutely necessary to keep productivity up on a good level in the future with a volatile commodity price level. So that's, that describes it. Um, I know it's a little bit technical, but that describes the situation uh, where we are in. And that makes it for us so difficult to give a clear 100% outlook here and there. That is not possible any longer based on these variables coming in. And it makes the capital business more lumpy. Fully understand. The second question on the cement profitability has been asked also before. But were you surprised by yourself that the second quarter was as good as it was? And does this have an implication on the guidance range commentary that you already gained in a way something in terms of the better margin business in the second quarter and hence the second half could be looking a little bit uh, less positive than uh, than you previously have said. So uh, that was not really a big surprise for us <clears throat> in terms of the cement uh, business in the second quarter. What you saw really <clears throat> from the first to the second quarter was a pickup in the activity level and then the operating leverage gave us the, the improvement in the EBITDA margin. Um, what we see in the remainder of the year is that we will be executing better margin orders and, uh, and that is uh, what you can say uh, explaining part of why we, we expect higher EBITDA margin for the whole group in the second half compared to the first half. Um, so, of course, um, um, that's really what, uh, what drives it. So, not a lot of, uh, uh, of surprise in this number. We are expecting that the, the, the profitability will improve as we, uh, as we move through the year. Very good. Thank you. And we do have a follow-up question from the line of Christian Johansson from Danske Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yes, just a follow-up on the networking uh, capital to sales ratio, which was 12.8 in the quarter, which you, you say is, is driven up by some seasonal effects uh, and that you expect to hit 10% by year-end. Uh, I mean, how should we think about this ratio in, in Q3? Should it be sort of a gradual improvement towards the 10%? Or are there any sort of seasonal effects which should continue to uh, to keep the ratio high in the third quarter? Um, I think we will see the, the, the a gradual improvement as we move through the year. But um, I think you know that this is a, a, a very volatile number where uh, one prepayment uh, more or less could really move the numbers quite a lot or a payment from the customer. So <clears throat> there are <clears throat> we have a number of... Uh, of uh, items on the balance sheet where we know we can drive improvements in the remainder of the year. Uh, so it will come in uh, during the year. And, uh, and But it is uh, some very big movements that happens in, in the working capital items. So exactly on what date it happens is, uh, is difficult to say. But it's fair to say your expectation is we will see a lower ratio in Q3 versus Q2. Yeah, that's uh, our expectation. Great. Thank you so much. And that was our final question for today. So I'll hand the call back to the speakers. Please go ahead. Thank you very much um, for the participation. We wish you all a safe trip wherever you are and see you soon.
Thank you.